Hey, this is Bruce Boudreaux, and you're listening to Empty Betters with Nick Mack and Harrison. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to episode 156 of Empty Betters. I'm your host, Harrison Scholz. I'm going to toss it across the screen to my co-host up in Wisconsin, Mac Vogel. What's going on, buddy? Not much. Uh, Last time I checked in, I was uh, pretty hyped up over outdoor rink season going on, and it was short-lived because it's in the (laughs) mid-40s all week, and all the rinks are shut down now. So that's a bummer, but I got in... I think three three solid odr sessions last week so better than nothing you know i'll take it better than what i got down here for sure and then a little twist to this episode we actually have our pal the daily over cole he's joining us as our second co-host for this episode cole what's going on my man not too much thanks for having me back good to be back a little bit colder up here in canada what, what do you got up there right now well, we're uh, actually today's a pretty good day. It was like we say, I guess it's plus one here. Uh, oh, we actually had Celsius. rain today, which was weird. But uh, like three days ago, it was minus 35. Oof. Oh, my so, God. Yeah. Freezing. This freezing. is going to be the most American question ever. But do you guys do like Celsius up there? Is that how it works? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I figured. Yeah. So but me I being me. I, I can't. I never do the. <laughs> Oh, don't ask me. It, there's no way it's happening. I don't think any of us are doing the conversion <laughs> right now. I I joked to uh, I joked to Harry earlier this morning when he said that uh, Nick wasn't going to make it today and uh, you were going to stand in. I was like, oh, cool. It's a Curly Joe episode of the Three Stooges <laughs> where like one of the main guys can't go and they got to get a sub. 100%. And it has to be the Canadian. There you go. Yeah, Nick, uh, yeah. Nick, Nick not here today. A little busy. So um, we're having Cole step in. Glad to have you. Um, We'll cut the pitter-patter and get at her here. Uh, But before we do, just a reminder that this league news is brought to you by Brackish Life. If you're like us and grew up on the water and outdoors, then Brackish Life is perfect for you. They have a wide selection of gear from UV shirts to hoodies and hats. It is Real Bay apparel made by Real Bay people. Head to www.brackish.life today to check them out. A little salty, a little fresh Brackish Life. Especially had a beach season coming up here in the spring and summer. If you uh, are someone who gets sunburned real easy, definitely check out their shirts. UV protected, awesome gear. Um, and thank you for sponsoring us. All right. We obviously had the NHL All-Star game go down over the weekend. Before I read some of the headlines, general overall thoughts from you guys. Well, I full disclosure did not watch the entirety of both events. I watched a little bit of the skills competition uh didn't actually watch any of the all-star game live but obviously you know saw saw the important highlights later on i i I feel prepared enough to chat about it (laughs) but um i mean my my general opinion is that the whole weekend is just kind of a kind of a lot of bs but you know it's uh it's it's not much different than any of the other all-star festivities in the other sports except baseball i actually like that one but agreed oh your thoughts I, i i watched the entire uh skills comp thought it was different i know they're trying different things each year i still look forward to the main ones hardest shot accuracy just you know that's 
that's what I'm there for. You know, the golf thing on the course, Suzuki win. It was kind of <laughs> cool. Uh, I felt like they put like the bottom four teams there, except for Dallas. It was like Arizona, Columbus, and Montreal. I'm like, of course, it has to be golf. Like, <laughs> that is kind yeah. of funny. I didn't even yeah, like, forecasting yeah. how their season's going, <laughs> but uh, I didn't mind that one. That one was kind of kind of fun seeing them like, try and fling those across the golf course, but uh. I found yeah, I'm, it was, I'm with you. The uh, the the OG categories are the best ones. Oh yeah, yeah. I found it uh, a little bit harder to follow this year. I felt like they were jumping from mm-hmm. skill to skill, where in the past they were, you know, it was just one at a time type of thing. Um, not sure why they did that, but uh, yeah, still look forward to the accuracy and hardest shot. So Cole, can you confirm or deny that um, you know Nick Suzuki for winning the golf thing or whatever that was called? He won free Chipotle for a year, but I've been reading on Twitter that there is no Chipotle in Quebec. That I cannot <laughs> confirm that. I can confirm that. I am sure he is going to be giving that to his boy Caulfield. So when he comes back down to the states in the summer, he could grab that. Is- all- that is unreal. Like, that's just so NHL all-star game to give a guy free Chipotle when he lives in a city that doesn't have Chipotle. Like, yeah, I don't I don't know if they were banking on him winning. Yeah, I, I would Didn't definitely think that one that. The other one that I do kind of like, and it, it's definitely a little bit more cheesy, but I, I am a fan of like the goalie goal one where they try and have like uh, yeah. the goalie stop it behind the crease and like rip one mm-hmm. from full ice. That's kind of a fun, fun little challenge. Yeah, good for the crowd, too. Yeah, I definitely like that one, too, Mac. But uh, when you have a four-year-old headlining your All-Star game, I think that there's definitely some uh, questions that arise from that. Obviously, if you don't live under a rock, you've seen the OV Jr. breakaway goal with Sid and his dad kind of feeding him on a on a 3 on there. Uh, that definitely was the clip that went viral all around. Uh, but, of course, McDavid doesn't even want to participate in the event that he would win easily participates in accuracy shooting. He didn't win it. Technically Brock Nelson won it. I don't know how they, they had like a bunch of rounds and shit. Uh, But McDavid goes for four for four in his target shooting in like 9.3 seconds. And is just a cyborg. So uh, (laughs) it's ridiculous. He's incredible. He's like, I'm, I'm over skating fast, you know, for this, (laughs) I'm just going to shoot the puck and, did it in almost record timing or maybe record timing i'm not sure how like i watched it i don't know why they went to that uh like the semi-final the way they did it but Mm -hmm. uh i just thought it would have been whoever did it in the least amount of time but i I would bet you most casuals who didn't watch all of it like mac and myself probably wouldn't know brock nelson won because the mcdavid clip is really what took over twitter so that was uh pretty it's true yeah it was pretty cool uh, Sveshnikov, he wins fastest skater. Elias Pettersson wins hardest shot, uh, 103.2 miles per hour for those curious. And then obviously Nick Suzuki wins, uh, free Chipotle for a year that he can't have. Um, and then we move on to the all-star game festivities. The Atlantic beat the Metro in round one, 10 to six. The Central beat the Pacific six, four. And then in the championship, the Atlantic play the Central and the Atlantic takes it seven to five. I think it's worth noting there were 11 total players on the Atlantic Division team of which $1 million winnings will be split amongst all 11. So not a bad little payday, um, especially if you're on that rookie deal for the uh, the guys on the Atlantic. 
And Matthew Kachuk, he wins the NHL All-Star MVP on home ice. I think I I read it's like the sixth time ever a guy won it on his home ice. So uh, pretty cool. Did you guys have any thoughts on the All-Star game itself? Uh, I only watched bits and pieces. I did watch some (laughs) of it live. Um, I thought Lark, like the Atlantic Division did, you know, they played well. Uh, Larkin was the biggest surprise for me. I think he set the record for most goals. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he tied that with five or something like that. So I think that would have been my biggest surprise out of it. But it's kind of cool to see Ovi and Sid yeah, playing together, you know, uh, going back and forth for a goal, which is pretty cool. It's almost like passing to the guard. I felt like this uh, This could be the last all-star game where they're both there. Yeah, David McKinnon, uh, like the new stars are kind of there. Uh, and it's like passing of the torch, which I thought was pretty cool. I feel like that's a big reason why Ovi and Crosby both went this year because they've both been known to skip a lot of them in the past. And uh, I think I think they both are kind of realizing like, all right, we should probably we should probably give the people what they want and go go enjoy some of the bullshit one last time while we still can because who knows how many more times we'll get if any. So big company um, guys big company guys yeah <laughs> it's also uh it's cool i mean i'm sure half of the well i was half but a big chunk of the reason you get to go to south florida in the middle of february whereas opposed to next year's game which will be hosted in toronto yep um that might you know sway some decisions it's going to be pretty cold if i was yeah they might have been might have been looking ahead to that one they're like yeah i'm not going next year so better yeah, uh <laughs> Yeah, but, now. but Mac, you being the big music uh, guy on the pod, I think that Justin Bieber being at the All-Star Game is the ultimate selling point. What are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, he's a big hockey guy. I, um, I, I can't tell you a whole lot about his music as of recently. I don't even know like what he's up to, if he's if he's released an album anytime recently or if he's got one coming out or anything. But um, I always have kind of thought it's cool that, that he at least keeps up with the, the hockey stuff. And also... For any uh like TV fanatics out there, anybody that's watched The White Lotus, I thought it was kind of cool that um one of the main actors from The White Lotus, I don't I forget his name, but uh, it's the guy who plays Alby, uh, that's his like his character's oh, name. Yeah, uh, he he was one of the um celebrity judges for like the skills competition. Oh, and really? Apparently, apparently he's like a big hockey fan. They showed like a a picture of him when he was like five, six years old, decked out in like Panthers gear, like holding the hockey oh. stick and stuff. So that Look was that. kind of a fun little tidbit. That is cool. Yeah. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. Season two, yeah. for those who haven't uh, seen it. Yep. I have yep. not seen it. Oh, you did. Uh, Good show. That's going to be, that all-star will be about, yeah, three to four hours south of me. Oh, wow. So okay. So it's real cool where you are. Go see the boys, maybe. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, all right, let's move on from the all-star game. Um, one thing that's kind of related to it before we completely move on, uh, Crosby made it known at the all-star game that he believes the NHL should go back to a one through eight playoff format, Eastern and Western conference. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Love it. hundred percent. We've been saying it for a long time. I mean, it seems like a no brainer to me. It's more fair. It's more fun. It's just better for a million reasons. 100% couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, you want the top teams to get rewarded. It's tough enough. 82 seasons, the travel, the gate that I think it's the most competitive league out there mm-hmm. out of the major four. Um, and yeah, I, I'm just tired of seeing the same first round matchups. Like for, like for the Leafs, 
Tampa and Boston, they know they're playing one, like one of them are going to play two. Like yeah. the two are going to play in the first round. And they're three of probably the top five teams in the East for sure. And after round two, like there's, you know, yeah. or after round one, there could be only one left or, you know, whatever it may be. So I don't get it, but. I, I know they were trying to go for like creating like new rivalries and such. And I, and I understand that, but it definitely seems a little repetitive because Cole, like you just said, the Leafs every year know like that we're getting Boston or we're going to get Tampa. And there's just no, there's no question about it. Cause if you're like that two or three seed, that's who you're going to get. You're going to get one of those guys. Yeah. Yeah, I, it, I mean, love... it, it hasn't even really worked because people are still complaining that there's no good rivalries in the NHL. So, yeah, that's that's also fair. Yeah. And I would love to see, you know, like a few years ago when it was Washington and Toronto, right? Like Ovechkin coming to a big hockey market or even like, can you imagine Pittsburgh versus Toronto? Like those series would be incredible to watch yeah. and create new rivalries throughout the regular season that you don't see. Right. There's not, like Boston Toronto is always going to be a rivalry regardless if they play in the playoffs or not. But I would love to see, I know this, we're talking like changing schedules and everything, uh, but making almost like the football, four divisions of four in each conference. Mm, uh, you okay. play your division more often. It would, one, less travel for a lot of teams, yeah. right? Um, and you take the four division winners and then the rest play for the bottom four. Uh, and it would just create crazy rivalries throughout the year, I think. Um and yeah, and then you could play the other conference at least once or whatever it works out to be. But I think that would be a little bit, I think that's a lot more work for the NHL to change. But I don't hate that. I, I don't I hate mean, it. The, the problem is the NHL is so against anything that's even like remotely like out there. And so like if it's not something they've either like done before or like wouldn't be that different than what they are doing, they're just like, no, we're not doing that. But that's, I, I mean, it's pretty creative. I, I haven't heard that before, but I, I would be interested to at least like see like a simulation of it and see how it would work or something like that. I'll send you my divisions after. All right. I would, <laughs> lo- I would love to see we'll that. Pu- we'll get the intern to publish it. That would be lit. Yeah, we'll post them up and uh, we can get some comments going. Uh, all righty, moving on. The Philadelphia Flyers head coach John Tortorella issued a letter to season ticket holders on Monday stating that the team is building towards where he wants them to be. Uh, so far, Tortorella has led the Flyers to a respectable 21-22-9 record through the first half of the season. Quote in his letter, Now I'm not going to lie to you, and I want to be clear about this. We're not there yet, Tortorella wrote. This year was the first step in building the future of the Flyers and restoring our reputation as one of the most respected teams in hockey. I will admit the Flyers have been much better this year than I think all of us anticipated. They had a hot start. They've even had a little bit of a hot streak going into the break, um, relatively, obviously. Mac, what were your thoughts on Torts' letter to the season ticket holders? I respect it, I guess. I mean, it's always good to keep your fans kind of updated on what's going on. Um, I think that (laughs) knowing how most Flyers fans are, I doubt this really did much to – to calm them down or to give them any confidence for the future. But (laughs) Hey, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a classy move kind of, kind of cluing them in on on what's going on. And like you said, I mean, I think he's done a a good enough job, you know, better than, better than most people thought uh, they would be this season. So it'd be interesting to see what kind of, if any, what kind of off season moves they make to actually like take another step to being what he's hoping they'll be soon. Cole, your thoughts? 
Yeah, I agree. You know, it's kind of different for him, right, to do that. Uh, but I think if I'm a Flyers fan, I think they're ahead of where I thought they would be at the start of the season. Yeah. Right? Like, it's what all went on at the, you know, you're bringing Torts in. Um, they have a couple good pieces, man. Connect Me is the real deal there. Mm-hmm. Um, Carter Hart's question mark for me, it's, you know, he's good, bad, whatever. But Streaky. Yeah, streaky. But I think I like Torts as a coach. To be yeah. honest with you, I like that old school mentality. I'm not 100% sold on the no iPad thing, but uh, <laughs> just, uh, it is what it is. I, I get both sides there, but I think it's cool that what he did at the end of the day. One of the funniest things uh, relating to the Flyers that I've seen this year is like, you know, obviously any any team that has kind of their like their Twitter group, uh, you know, on Twitter that's always saying how they feel and being brutally honest about their team. The Flyers Twitter group, recently like last like couple weeks or so i've seen a lot of like proposing like potential trades or like trades they want the flyers to make and one of the funniest things is so many of them are trying to scheme to get gostas bear back to the flyers oh, and i'm God. like i'm like you really think that's the answer here like no. you, getting mm-hmm. back a guy that you had that like was bad after he left and like now he's kind of decent again but like that's what we're like spending our time on is like, how can we get this guy back? I just got a good laugh out of that. I've seen it more than more than just a few times too, from multiple <laughs> accounts. They they need a new GM. Honestly, I don't think coaching's really the problem. Chuck Fletcher's kind of an idiot. If I'm being quite frank, I mean, he's made some extremely questionable moves and that Rasmus Ristolainen contract is just like, what are you doing? <laughs> and they paid him <laughs> instead of Johnny G. Yeah, even Delory or however you pronounce his name, you know, like yeah, that was big money for that guy. Yeah, and term, I think. I think he even got term on that. Yeah, a little bit. I can't remember uh, the deal off the top of my head, but that that rings a bell. But yeah, I but mean, between the two of them, it was like I don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, scratching Kevin Hayes is obviously uh, sometimes a little bit of a head scratcher, but in general, I think Torch has done. A decent enough job this year. I think most of us expected us, most of us expected them to be where maybe, you know, Columbus, Chicago is. But uh, we're going to move on to another yeah. team in the Metro. The New York Rangers had what might be the game of the year last night against the Calgary Flames two nights ago when you're listening to this. Uh, Cole, I know you and I were talking about this a little bit before the show started. The Rangers end up winning it 5 4 in overtime. Lafreniere scores the winner. There was Hits, fights, questionable calls, viral clips of New Yorkers losing their mind over, I think it was Mangia Payne who kicked it in. Um, What were your thoughts on this game as a whole? There was so much in that game, and I think that's why it's, you know, could be one of the games of the year so far. Uh, I'll start with Truva, because how can you not? The guy is a wrecking ball out there, and I love it. Absolutely love it. It's I think that's what hockey needs more of. Uh, what we were talking about, it was a Monday nighter. Calgary coming out from the coming from the West to play in New York after a break. They're not rivals. You know, they're outer conference teams playing against each other. Um, I was like, this could be a snoozer of a game. And I found myself like flipping back and forth. And I was just staying on the game because the hits, the fights, the drama, it was awesome. And the one thing I do, did hate, though, is that Truba has to fight after big hits. Like, yep. those, those clean hits, they were great. Like, love to see. I agree. 
Yeah. Yeah. I echo that. I, it, it's always kind of annoying. I, I always feel this way when, when Wilson does this kind of shit for the caps too, like he can, or, or Hathaway, even like these guys that lay big clean hits all the time. And just cause one of their best players got rocked, somebody's got to go and fight them. And it's like, I'm just doing my job out here. Like, give me a break, but no, I, you gotta love the big hits. And um, yeah, I mean, I didn't want the Rangers to win for Metro purposes, but definitely a good game. Yeah, I mean, and the Flames have been a part of a couple good games here. Mac, I know you'll remember this. When we were up in Milwaukee, that game they had against Tampa up in Calgary was a barn yeah. burner. That was a really I, good game, too. I hope the Flames make the playoffs because they're they're a fun team, and uh, I think they've got a lot, of, a lot of grit, and it'd be fun to see them play in the playoffs this year. Yeah, sure. they, they do have a great, you know, I think their team is built for the playoffs, right? You saw that last year. I know there was a lot of change, but I thought the team did a good job replacing those guys. Huberto hasn't, you know, panned out to be exactly what he was in Florida, but the overall makeup of the team is gritty, big, tough. You have Zadorov on the back end uh, and Tan- guys like Tanev and both goalies up in the air. Vlador is playing well. But mm-hmm. if Markstrom gets hot, like that could be a dangerous team down the stretch. Yeah. So they were actually saying this. I was watching the Calgary broadcast, like uh, leading into the game, and I saw some of the pregame stuff. And uh, they were saying that exact thing that basically, like, if Markstrom can find his game here after the All Star break, like, look out because, and they actually showed like side by side of Markstrom's numbers this time last year and Markstrom's numbers now. People forget Jacob Markstrom had nine shutouts last season. He has zero so far, mm-hmm. which, you know, not to say that, you know, he's having the yeah. worst year, but he's definitely nowhere near where he was at last year. Um, yeah, I don't so know they're... if it was in the playoffs after that series to Edmonton, where I don't know if he lost his confidence because Edmonton waxed him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Another thing in that game last night, though, was Mondrapani's kick it. Like, I, I thought it was a blatant kick. Yeah. Um, I kind of did too. I was I was expecting it to to go the other way, but I mean, who who can predict how any of these like goal calls and non goal calls are going to go these days? There's so much up in the air with that. So must have been the new NHL script. <laughs> yeah, hey, you see that? <laughs> yeah, shit? that's pretty yeah. funny actually. Um, I also think is it pronounced? How'd you how'd you say it, Cole? Mangiapane. I think I said Mangiapane when I when I. Is that be- I Death, swear to catch that. Death taxes Harry saying people's names wrong. Yeah, uh, I mean, absolutely. I've heard it pronounced like that somewhere. Maybe it was like an NHL video game. I can't remember. But uh, yeah, that was a hell of a game last night. We're going to move on to our favorite place in the United States, the Long Island. We got Bo Horvat, who gets an eight-year, $68 million extension with the Isles before even playing a game with them. Uh, he made his debut last night when the Islanders took on the Flyers in Philly. GM Lou Lamarillo said in his press conference after the extension was announced that, quote, too much money, too much term. Paraphrasing a little bit. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I think he's about the only general manager in the league who can get away with bashing a contract he just gave a player that's quite hefty, if I would say so. So what are your guys' thoughts on Horvat staying in Long Island? I know this uh this kind of quote and everything blew up and everyone's like, what the hell? Like this guy is like a kook for like signing that and then saying it sucks or whatever. But honestly, like if you saw the actual clip, it kind of makes sense. He he's not so much saying that like the specific contract he just signed is like outright bad. It's more just him making a statement about how like in general 
players are getting too much and too long of term because that's like the norm these days. And so he's kind of just like, to me, it was him just being like, I mean, I had to do that because I already made the trade. And if we want to like get what we want out of it, that's that's the deal you have to give this guy, basically. So we gave it to him. But he's like, if I had my way, I wouldn't I wouldn't give anybody a contract like that, which, you know, I get it. But it's the way the league is right now. For sure. My question is, has he even been to Long Island yet? Like both. Uh, like, I, he, he left, went to All-Star game, and then the first game was in Philly. Yeah. True. I, I would, yeah. I, I'd i love know. to hear the, the, the temporary living situation and what that looks like at the moment. I know. I can't. I can't believe. Like, did like, him and uh, Anthony Bolivier or whoever went the other way, just like swap keys, and we're just like, "Okay, like <laughs> my place is here." We'll figure this out later. Yeah, figure this just, out. That, I'll Venmo you. <laughs> well, they're uh, they're playing in the Kraken are in Long Island tonight, so he's getting his first home game uh, while we're recording this but... on on Long Island. You don't. I don't want you to get hurt, Mac. Oh, that's right. They'll come right. after you. I I should know this one too. My whole mom's side of the family is there, so. You're on the island, not in the island. Yeah, I know, I know. Oh, always. Yeah. Um, yeah, like the eight, eight and a half. I'm sure uh, I don't know what he would have got on the open market, but it would have been close. Yeah. Right? I I, th- I think uh, it's he's fair. having a, a career year. Can, I, does he keep up this 50 goal pace for the next eight years? No, especially on the island. Uh but I don't know. I guess he gotta pay. Yeah, I mean it's it's what the league is now. You know, guys are getting contracts like for being projected what they're gonna do rather than what they have done. Granted, Horvat's been doing this for a little bit, and I think he's a solid player. Maybe not quite worth what he got, but you know, I think he fits that Islander system pretty darn well, if you ask me. Um, and this last piece of news, Mac, you're definitely gonna be the one I want to hear an opinion for about this. The Washington Capitals extend both Sonny Milano and Dylan Strom. Milano got three years, 1.9 AAV, and Stromer got the five by five. Thoughts on this, these signings? So I don't I don't see anything to dislike about either of these deals here. I mean, both these guys have stepped in, done a really good job for the Caps this year. I mean, Milano has got to be like the biggest like fall in your lap piece of luck of of the season potentially for any team. I mean, this is a guy that literally everybody was ready to just like throw to the wayside and be like, yeah, no thanks. I'm not interested. And I mean, I guess, I guess B Max saw something where he's like, I, I'm going to take a chance. I got injuries. We'll see what this guy can do. And it, it's been a great fit. Um, I saw somebody on caps Twitter talking about how they think it's pretty cool that this basically means that Milano and Strom are going to be a piece of like the remainder of Ovechkin's career. Like B max sees something in them enough where he's like, I want these guys here for the rest of it or for the larger chunk of it. Um, and Strom seems to have a lot of chemistry with Ovi and with the rest of the team and stuff too. So that's a, that's a big one. I also love uh, just the term and the, the amount for both of them. I think five by five is great for Strom. There's a chance, you know, by the end of that, maybe it's like, eh, might need to move him or something, but it's so, it's so cheap relatively that it's like, it's, it's not a big problem in my opinion. And, uh, Milano. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's just not much that, that could hurt you there. It's only three years under two mil. So, uh, yeah, I see nothing to dislike about either of them. Cole, any thoughts on this? Yeah, I, I, you know, for five five five, you're hoping that fourth and fifth year the cap goes up so that it's not a non-issue regardless, right? He's he's still a yeah. young guy. 
five million, even if he's your third line center winger, whatever by then, not gonna hurt you. He'll be a vet worth it. Yeah, for sure. I agree with both of y'all's points here. So uh we're gonna move on to the discussion part of the episode. But before we do, we just want to let you know that this discussion segment is brought to you by Kane Footwear. Uh, let's take a second to talk about Kane Footwear. Are you tired and do you feel like your feet or back are hurting all the time? Then it's time to take some rest and recovery seriously. Kane Footwear is changing the game by, by providing a unique shoe focused on recovery while being made from sustainable materials. The Kane Revive is made with bounce back foam created from Brazilian sugarcane, a renewable resource Sugarcane helps reduce greenhouse gases by capturing CO2 as it grows. These are the most comfortable shoes you will ever wear. Head to the link in our social bios to find the Kane Footwear link that will help support us. Uh, we definitely appreciate it. I never take these things off. I show them on screen every time people ask if they're Crocs, Yeezys, they're neither. They're Kane Footwear. All righty. Let's get into the discussion part of the episode. So for this, you know, it's the second half of the season. Everybody talks about how, you know, the real season starts after the All-Star game. I want to hear if either of you have some, let's say, uh, bold predictions rather than hot take of what's going to happen in the second half of the year. Uh, Mac, I'll let you lead off here. All right. So, uh, you know, Harry said it. These are bold predictions. So with anytime you're making a bold prediction, you're uh you're taking a chance that you might you might put your foot in your mouth later down the uh down the road. So I'm fully, fully, you know, understanding that could be wrong here, but my bold prediction here is the Vegas Golden Knights are going to miss the playoffs. And uh here's why. Number one, they have an issue in goaltending that did not seem to be an issue early on in the season that now is looking to be more of an issue. In my opinion, I think early on, it looked like Logan Thompson was like Vezina caliber candidate. He was real good since then. He's been pretty streaky and ha only having a guy like Aiden Hill to rely on. If LT can't get the job done, just doesn't inspire a lot of confidence in me. I know he's stepped in and, and won some big games for them, but I don't know. Something about that combo just feels really shaky to me right now. Uh, the other huge problem here, obviously, would be injuries. Mark Stone is out, and I, I don't know what the timetable for that one is, but it doesn't seem good. I think it's like a back injury, if I'm not mistaken, yep. which usually is not something that's going to be relatively quick. Also, like it's one of those things where even if he does come back, it's probably something he's going to need like surgery for in the offseason. So there's no way he's going to be like, hundred percent. And to me, that's your best player. That's your captain. That's the guy that like you literally need on that team in the locker room, on the ice, inspiring confidence, all that third reason. And we talked about this, I think last episode, or maybe the one before that Jack Eichel is just not, not doing what he needs to do. Not, Stinks. not playing up to uh, not him. Yeah. He, he doesn't look himself. And uh, that's another thing that, you know, early on in the season, it was like, Oh, is this going to be a perfect fit? He was kind of hot for a little bit. And uh, he had that hat trick against Buffalo. Everyone was going crazy being like, Holy crap, this is sick. And now as Harry said, he kind of stinks. So um, yeah, basically all those reasons combined, not to mention, if you look at the standings, there's a lot of, a uh, lot of hard teams that are just within <laughs> yeah. a couple of points of them. So yeah. I don't know. We talked about Calgary earlier. I could definitely see 
Markstrom getting it together and them kind of passing them by. Um, you know, maybe it, it's tough because Vegas missed barely last season, right? But and it's it's tough to predict that they're going to do it again. But I, I really think they're either getting like that last wild card spot or they're not getting in. I just think there's too many good teams there, uh, and there's too many issues in Vegas at the moment. So that's my that's my bold prediction. Well, just to add on to a couple of the points you made, the timetable uh, per who is it? Sinbin Vegas, a great follow on Twitter for anything VGK related. Uh, they released a tweet today that said Mark Stone might play again this season, but if he does, it would be in the middle of the postseason. So the Vegas Golden Knights oh would have to God. make the playoffs. Yeah, it's rough. I didn't know it was that bad. That's even worse. It's brutal. Yeah. And then right before we started recording this, I was watching NHL Network uh, that I have to pay like 200 extra dollars a month for cable bill. I'm not complaining, though. Um, and uh, what Mike Ru- or no, Kevin Weeks um, said that Jack Eichel won assist in his last nine games, zero goals. That's, I mean, that's a tough luck. That's your best player and he's not doing it right now. So, you know, you know, who's been their best player all season, Paul Cotter. I don't know. I don't know if anyone has watched enough Vegas (laughs) Golden Knights games, but that guy has been a workhorse night in and night out. And I had no idea who he was before this season. But he's he's been amazing. You should be his agent. I like that. I should I be. Still have no I idea who this guy is. Every no, time I not. turn on one of every time I turn on one of their games, he either scores a big goal or lays a big hit or the announcer's saying his name like so much. I was like, who the fuck is this guy? I had to like look it up. But uh, he's been like easily the the guy who's like he's like the Nick Dowd of that team. Like you know what you're getting okay, every yeah. night. Like just freaking he, putting in work. Is he on your fantasy team? No, no, oh, he's not. Okay. I don't think he's putting All up points daily. enough to be on fantasy, yeah. probably. But yeah, well, he's he's the only good thing I can say about them right now. Cole, what's your uh, bold prediction for the second half of the year? All right, man, you got put me on the hot seat on this one, so I, I'm definitely gonna hear about it later on the season. But I'm gonna say Buffalo Sabers go on a hot streak here, and they're gonna acquire your boy Patty Kane at the deadline. Hometown, Ooh. and they're going to make the playoffs for the first time since 2011. Wow, I love that. I would love to see it, honestly, as long as it doesn't mean the caps are missing or the yeah, pit. Well, the pens or caps is going to have to miss, it will have to go, I guess. Oh, god, all right, well, <laughs> works for me. Yeah, I, I've been seeing a lot of people saying pit ain't going to make it, but no, I don't. I don't blame them, by the way. But uh, Cole, I like that, uh, that you threw the trade in there. That's a nice little. Yeah. Let's throw some spice yeah. in it. Hometown boys got to go back. I think his parents still in that area. Travel to every Chicago home game. Yeah. Yep. Um, That's a good one. All right. So full disclosure, uh, Max stole one. Well, I shouldn't say he stole. He thought of mine because we didn't talk about this prior. So that was going to be mine was talking about. You VGK. were going to say that they weren't going to make the playoffs or what? Yeah, I don't think they will. Um. I really don't because Edmonton and Calgary are coming right behind them. And then, yep. you know, Colorado is going to make the playoffs. So I feel like and to, be honest and with you, to be honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised if Seattle's like goes down to either the bottom. Mm. Cause they're only a couple points ahead of Vegas as well. Yeah. Uh, I feel like everything went right for that team. I'm not saying that they don't deserve to be there. They've played amazing. Their goalies have been, you know, streaky, but good enough. Uh, but their shooting percentage is like number one in the NHL. Like, what happens if that comes back even a bit? 
Yeah. Like that division is so tight. And you have teams like Colorado, like right there for the wild card as well. Like if Edmonton and Calgary get hot, I don't know. I kind of want to bet the Kings to win that division. I feel like they're just going to wow. fall in. I feel like they're just going to like end up in first place at the end and be like, oh shit, we won. Like, because <laughs> they're, they're like, they're like in second consistently and like they're right there hanging around. But you're kind of right. Like, I feel like Seattle could fall off. And, you know, if the other teams just don't catch up quick enough, they might just end up there at the end and be like, With oh, cool. in net. yeah, right. They, he's been pretty solid for them too. He's unreal. Yeah. yeah. Capitals right. legend Phoenix Copley. <laughs> well, unfortunately, I agree that my Pittsburgh Penguins are not looking great, and I could definitely understand why someone would say they don't make it. I also agree that um, what's it called? That VGK will probably not make the playoffs this rate. So I'm going to go way off the board. This is going to be a hot one, so buckle up. <laughs> I'm looking at this team. And I was so high on them in our preseason predictions. I think I actually predicted they're going to go to the Stanley Cup back in September. I am now going to completely reverse that. And I'm oh, going to go as this. I know exactly what we're going to say. I'm going to go as far to say that Connor Bedard will become a St. Louis Blue in this year's wow. draft. I think they're dead. I wow. think they're going to finish bottom wow. five. And assuming wow. the lottery is not rigged and we're not following any script. They got a Bottom decent chance. Five. That's not what I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to no. say something, uh, something bad about the Rangers because we all predicted them to be in the cup uh, at the beginning yeah, of the year. Well, but um, yeah, I can't say anything bad about them. Nah, Fuck, you sucks, really but... can. I mean, they're definitely going <laughs> to make the playoffs. So, so I'm looking at I'm looking at St. Louis right now. They've lost six straight games. Bennington has top three GAA in the league for goalies with a minimum of ten starts. And they're currently 25th in the NHL in standing. So they're really not that far from 32nd. No, there is a, wow. there's like that little gap between them, Montreal and Vancouver right now, right? 49, 44 each there. Oh, you're really watching. Okay. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a Habs fan, man. I watched nightly. I literally cheer for everyone, but Montreal this year, only because of Bedard sweepstakes. Like That's last so year was funny. like, you know what? Sucked this year. I'm like, okay, like when Vancouver yeah. tied it up against the Devils last night, like I was fist bumping. I'm like, that is a big <laughs> point. That's yeah. a big point. This is such a fun, like, fun year for like to have that going on because we talked about on a, on a different episode. Like, we've got some Flyers fans, uh, that are <laughs> friends of ours, and like they'll be tweeting, like, why are the Flyers winning games? Like, can <laughs> they please stop winning games? Like, Montreal started the season like at 500 for like the first like 15 games. And I'm like, what are we doing? And <laughs> this was before, like before, like the Bedard sweepstakes in the world juniors, but also like then they lost a bunch and then they went on a tear where they beat like Toronto, Winnipeg and the Rangers all in the same week. And I'm like, those are six points. We'll never get back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a bold take. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Barube behind the bench. That guy is definitely not someone who wants to tank. So what? Um, you just you got to fall to the bottom five to get in that lottery, right? So I mean, they're yeah. only they're no, no. I, you just don't have to make the playoffs. You can so technically like, win it if you just don't uh, make the playoffs. But, but your but, best odds yeah, are if yeah. you're bottom five. I think that's right. Yeah. That's so right. the way it works is the you can only move up two spots at the highest, right? So like oh, okay. if, say Columbus finishes dead last, if someone above third place gets for, like first overall pick, 
and then someone else gets second because only the bottom two picks are lottery picks is from what I understand. So if mm-hmm. you finish dead last, the worst pick you can get is third. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. That makes sense. You can only get bumped two spots. From and they're saying like the top five draft picks this year are like pretty good players, like going to yeah. be top yeah. six forwards or, you know, could be game changing type players. Yeah. Um, With Fantilli, Bedard, Carlson, Michkov or whoever. Yeah. Uh, and, but so you're, if you're in that bottom three to five, it looks like if everything goes your way, you're going to end up with a player. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's that's my uh, bold take. Hopefully they're sellers. They get rid of Tarasenko. O'Reilly goes somewhere. You know, I've been seeing some rumors. Don't know if it'll happen, but you know what? I'm throwing it out there. And I picked them to go to the cup. I like it. In September, I I picked them versus the Rangers as my cup prediction. And here I am saying they're going to tank for Bedard. So I don't know (laughs) what I'm doing, apparently. But um, on both sides. I think I had Rangers Oilers in the cup. That could still maybe happen. That could still happen. That was my pick. Our entire show picked the Rangers to go to the cup. It was kind of concerning. So yeah. and we all you hate them with a burning passion. We also didn't know Boston was gonna be lights out and Allmark was only gonna lose five games this season. I mean, that is that insane. Is but last episode we were talking about, we're like, come on, what team does this well and then doesn't lose in like the first round? It's true. Yeah, for sure. All President's right. trophy out in the first round. I can already see it. <laughs> we're gonna move on to the gambling segment of the episode. This segues perfectly with uh, Cole on the program. But before we do, I think Mac has a word from our sponsor, Sharp Rink. Indeed, yeah. As always, just want to remind you guys that this season, all of our picks are powered by Sharp Rank. Sharp Rank created the first ever cross-sport rating system, ranking betters from any sport on one leaderboard that anyone can dominate, even you. Sharp Rank is backed by some of the biggest names in the sports gambling world, such as BetMGM, Betway, and Sports Illustrated. Go ahead and download the free app on iPhone, Android, any of that. Go get Sharp Rank. Follow us. Follow our picks. Tweet us your picks. Uh, yeah, it's a fun app. Fun way to uh, keep track of your bets. So get with it. For sure. All right. Um, obviously, we're coming off of the All-Star break. Um, not a whole lot of like, I, I don't know. Cole, you could tell me if you disagree. It's a little bit of a dangerous game to be betting right after the break because you don't really know what you're going to get. A hundred percent. Yeah. You know, like usually you kind of get your, I I'm a big fan of watching a lot of games, right? I have, we let's sports net now, NHL game center, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so I'm, I'm watching all the games, right? And when you go five or six days without seeing teams or seeing, you know, trends, it's really tough. Uh, you don't know who hit it hard over the break uh, or, uh, is coming in cold. Um, but yeah, I, w- I would say maybe unit down a bit, you know, for the first week or so. And then once you see who has their legs back or, you know, then you can hammer down. But it's always weird coming out of the All-Star break. I always, even the last few days, I, I tend not to touch on it with one or two games a night. Yeah. So um, I so I'll, I'll put this out there. Um, St. Louis just talked about them. Their last five games in a row, their opponent has hit the team total over in all five. They've been letting in a ton of goals lately. Wow. I also want to note it's a wild stat. <laughs> not to toot my own horn, just checked my phone. I tweeted it out today. Kucherov over one and a half assists at plus one seventy-five. 
hit it in the second period. We love that. That's Tampa's unreal. Tampa That's coming great out. Cash. Yeah. Well, you know, like the Islanders and the Lightning both have back to backs right after the break. I'm like, I like that. I mean, you get, you get to see something first. You know, they've got their legs under them. So I, I like. I like uh, it way better than the Caps sitting dormant for five days just to play two day games in a row. They're definitely going to get smoked in both of. Yeah. I feel that, like if if I'm in the NHL, I do not want like all that time off after the break. You're just going to come back and get smacked by all the teams that already had a couple games. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's the same for the Habs, but I'm hoping that they do get waxed. both. <laughs> right, right. Cool. Who's, um, who are some teams that, I mean, obviously you're the over King, right? So I'm going to defer to you on this. Who are some teams that you're maybe going to keep an eye on this week? Some teams that have treated you well. I know we talked about, about that a little bit last time, but figured I'd check up on it again. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, the, the go-to over teams are <laughs> Edmonton's and always a go-to uh, Buffalo loves the over St. Louis earlier in the season and still, uh, love the over Vancouver was an easy one last night, uh, against New Jersey. I didn't know if Vancouver was going to put up four like they did, but I figured they were good for a couple. Uh, so that was a good one. Yep. Yeah. Coming out of the, the break, always look to those type of teams, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Tampa coming off a of set, like they lost seven, one, um, them in San Jose are both over teams. Uh, San Jose gives up a lot of shots. Tampa Bay shoots the puck a lot. Um, so I was all over that one today. Tampa uh, had 17 shots in the first period. So there you go. Yeah. And I think if the first period, there were four goal first, right? So, yep, yep, you know, yeah. those are what over dreams are made of. Um, I, I'm on Edmonton tonight. I don't know if it's looking too hot for me early on in the first, but I'm uh, on that one too. We need a goal. We need a goal soon. Yeah. But you never know with that team, right? It'll, yeah. it'll come down to if Detroit wants to put a couple away tonight. But you no, know, I stick when I'm looking at teams, I like teams that give up a lot of shots, go on, like give up a lot of power plays. Yeah. Like Vancouver right now is like, it's, I, I think they actually have the worst penalty kill in NHL history. <laughs> it's not just the worst this year. I think like oh, I God. think it is like statistically one of the worst in like since they've started tracking that. Yeah. Um, and they're usually good for like three or four penalties a game. Yeah. So like I'm I think it's honestly like low 60s. Like it's that's insane. Like if that's... they give up three or four, you're almost guaranteed like two. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, so stuff like that, right? Yeah. Just looking for now guaranteed you, shots at the end of the day. So your shots on goal, you've really hammered home on player props this season as opposed to last yeah. year when we started following you. And I noticed, and you said this last time, and I like I like this a lot. You've got like a rotation of like maybe seven or eight guys that you really like to bet on for shot on goal props. What's like uh, the madness sure. behind that? For sure. So when you're looking at guys that shoot a lot, and this year, like, just put them to the top of my list is Jack Hughes. Like, this guy came out, like, not out of nowhere. We knew he was going to be a stud. But I didn't think he was going to be shooting five to six times a night. Like, he's the new Pasternak. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, But so guys like that, right? You have the Matthews who have fallen off the map, which is he is – the number one for uh sorry since his injury i think nick bonino took it but 
But before he went out injured or whatever it was before the break, he is the number one forward for blocking shots this year. Mind blowing. Wow. Uh, and wild. so, like, because I watched these guys, he used, he was like five or six shots a night last year. And this year he's, you know, he sometimes doesn't even hit the three and a half. Mm-hmm. So, but, so I keep my list, right? It's the Pasternak's, the McKinnon's, the Tage Thompson's, he'd fall off a bit, a cap or soft type of guy. Um, those guys. And I just watch them because they hit at like six, 70 80 percent if you're jack hughes in the month of december or january like it was ridiculous Insane. uh so i'll watch them and if i see uh a night where they don't have any or like one like i'm hammering them the next game yeah it's just in their nature to want to score right yeah. like and they know when they had a bad game like no one needs to go in that dressing room and tell Pasternak, like hey buddy you had an off night like if he's not shooting the puck six or seven times he right. knows he had off nights. So, um, and I find those t- guys like I'm on McKinnon tonight. Pittsburgh gives up a lot of shots, give up a ton. Um, and McKinnon's playing against his buddy Crosby, whatever that storyline is. But they put him at four and a half, and half the time those four and a halves they give out pretty good value, like yeah. close to even plus one hundred five. Like if you if I'm getting Jack Hughes to shoot the puck at plus money, I'm taking it this year for sure. At the end of the day. Like I could lose a couple and they'll still be fine on it. It's when like I was hot on Caulfield at the start of the year. Cause they only set him at two and a half. It was like a license. Oh, I game. know you were hammering that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but then it got to like minus one fifty, minus one sixty, And I'm like, no, okay. But yeah. like, get off this guy. But then they started putting him at three and a half at plus money. And I'm like, okay, I'll dabble with that. But yeah, <laughs> that's what I do. I, I don't like, it's really tough to go across the league. There's so many props. It's so insane. many guys like Verhage in yeah. Florida, unreal for shots. I think he hits like eight out of 10. It's ridiculous. Uh, the Kachuk brothers also, but I really like focusing on like five or six. Mm-hmm. That way I can track their game logs and see if I, you know, Tage Thompson, I think went two or three games in a row with like one shot. And I'm like, Oh my God, he's hitting tonight. And it was like first period cash. And I'm like, Oh, perfect. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't always happen that way. You might get a guy that's just not feeling well either. It could be under the, you know, you don't have all the insight on it. So, yeah, for sure. I think that's great insight for uh, definitely more of a, some of the more casual fans who are listening and betting based on uh, what we give them on the pod. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll wrap up the episode here real quick with a little state of the union, Mac. I don't know if you have much to say. I mean, the caps are off until what, like Saturday or some shit. Yeah, we play a day game against Boston, I think in Boston on Saturday, which oh. that's like four that's like four typically bad caps things happening at once. Day games we suck in. Boston owns us. In Boston we suck. And most of all, when we've had more than like two days off in a row, we always lose. So that one I would advise you put your 401k on the Bruins like puck line or maybe even like to win like Bruins like minus like four and a half sure just hit it whatever it's gonna... uh, I'll put um, I'll put some point down on that for sure <laughs> um but yeah I mean not not much else to talk about right I think um talked about the extensions it. yeah talked about the extensions I mentioned uh I think last time that one of my one of my buddies was asking me he's kind of a casual hockey fan uh he's a Red Wings fan sort of but he was asking me like how are the Caps doing this year and you know I was just kind of telling him, like, we're about to find out, basically, because this is, you know, yeah. as we all know, 
when you come back from the all-star game, especially given the position and the standings, the caps are at right now where they're, they're just on the cusp of being in, but you know, especially having the whole week off, they're probably going to be out of a playoff spot by like Sunday or something like that. So um, it, it's time to find out what this team is made of. So we'll see next, next couple of weeks should be very telling for all teams, but for, for especially the caps being where they're at in the standings. So I'll be, Watching closely, and I'll probably have more for State of the Union next week or yep. week after if we're 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 off next week, right? So we are off next week. Um, gonna hit the Penguins real quick. I'll make it short and sweet. Um, actually, Ron Hextall gave his State of the Union to the team over the weekend at practice, and he said everything that the fan base already knows. The bottom six stinks, and he also said that the first round pick is off the table for the trade deadline. Which I don't know how to feel about that. I mean. I don't know. I could go in on that, but I won't. I won't. Um, this team needs really two things. They need a second goalie because Casey DeSmith is just can't trust him after this season. I've seen Demko's name. I've seen Reimer's name. I've seen Craig Anderson's name. Jonathan Quick. Jonathan Quick. I've seen Peterson's name. I'd be down with any of those guys over Casey DeSmith, if I'm being honest. And then a middle six forward would be nice. I've seen Besser's name. I've seen Nieto. I've seen Domi. I would take any of those names. I'd throw Kapanen right in there um, if I had it my way. So that's what the team, I think, is going to have to address in the coming weeks. Uh, obviously, they got Colorado as we're recording this. I think it's 0-0 um, yeah. right now. And then after that, they go out to California for their road trip. They've got that whole uh, L.A., Anaheim, and San Jose trip coming up. So that's going to be hopefully some – Easy games against the Ducks and the Sharks, but you never really know. It's concerning. Like Cole said, the Sabres are hot, and they, they're probably going to be buyers. The Panthers, I mean, they can turn it on at any moment, and the Islanders are starting to warm up too. So Penn's better get it together here quickly. Um, that's all I really got to say. Cole, if you have anything to say about the Habs, I won't leave you out. I know uh, I know you might have something. Let's, let's be real. There's not too much to say. <laughs> I, I'm hoping that Harvey Pinard is our number one point getter in the second half that's how bad i want this to be so there you go um they also play saturday sunday back to back first time they go islanders and then they get mcdavid so i'm hoping Oof. that's number two but uh yeah yeah it's one of those seasons it's still fun to watch it they're a young team at the end of the day they're gonna be sellers so if you need some middle forwards you know you just give uh our gm a call and i'm sure he could help you out with some uh depth forwards I heard uh, heard Josh Anderson's name a lot, but apparently that's a pretty steep price, which I don't blame you. With the guy's a game. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's mostly the contract, right? Like five mil for to steal. You could play up and down your lineup. I think he's only like twenty seven. Yeah, that's like but you a could take like a Hoffman. Game. I think you know have a Hoffman. Yeah, just take him off my hands. Maybe Danidov needs new uh, <laughs> surroundings. Yeah, yeah, I, I'll I'll have Ron. Uh, Call your guy. Yeah. But um, yeah, that just about wraps up the episode here. Um, Mac, any final notes? I'm all good. I'm all good. All um, right. Sounds good. Thanks Cole, for having me, guys. Cole, yeah. Seriously, thank you for filling in. We appreciate it. This is actually a lot of fun. We definitely should yep. uh, do this again in the future. For sure. Um, go, it, go follow Cole on Twitter, The Daily Over. I know we've shouted him out a bunch. We're always retweeting his stuff. Go follow him on Twitter for his daily picks. You've been money this season, so props.
I do have actually one other thing I thought of since we won't be on next week. If any of you listeners out there are going to be in Raleigh for the Capitals Canes outdoor game, hit me up. I'll be there all weekend and uh, yeah, come say hi. So be there with my family. When's that game? Uh, Not this coming Saturday, but next Saturday. That would be February 17th. Yeah. Yep. Okay. You're at the game. That's awesome. Yes, sir. Definitely uh, put that on the Instagram story and such. All right, everybody. We appreciate the love and support as always. Mac, without further ado. Class dismissed.